0: Welcome back to gamble's green room i'm your host mike gamble bringing you the people you need to know what the stories you want to hear today i am honoredly joined by who oh, this i have had the pleasure to meet with this guy i've had the pleasure to, i've had the honor to be coached by this man he is the remaining living legend as the originator of what is punking the art form that created and uh is the origination of what we know as whacking uh these days He's performed with Grace Jones. He's performed with David Bowie. He's been in the, he was one of the originals of Star Search in the pilot. He was in the movie Staying Alive. He was in the hip hop cult classic Electric Boogaloo Breaking Two. I'm uh, sorry, Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. And so many more things that we're going to get into there are no words that can really describe the amount of contributions and direction this man has given to what we do as an art form. I'm talking about no other than Mr. Victor Manuel. Ooh, hello. I'm gushing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try and do my guest service. I try and, uh,
1: it's, I try to it's, it's, get it's, the it's, essence
0: it's... of who they are so people can find oh, out. That's you. what these conversations well, are.
1: Who I, yeah, who I am is I'm blushing because I'm like, Oh, wow. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, and that's not even half of it, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you again. Thanks for doing I it. Know. Thanks for being a guest.
1: It's fun, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because I think when I sent you the Bowie clip, you're like, oh my God, I was just thinking of asking you. Yeah. And then pre- previous to that, I said, say hi to Brian Friedman, who I've known since he was a kid. <laughs> Look, you Look,
0: uh, as, as we always talk about, the world is just there putting things in order for us and laying it out like here.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So for those people that don't know who you are, let's go back to the little bit to the beginning. Um, Okay. You were born in Mexico and you grew up in Mexico and then you moved to Los Angeles.
1: Yes, correct. In
0: 1966. Ooh, okay. We try to avoid (laughs) dates on the show because we like to be timeless, but 1966 is start. Oh, so
1: no, sorry. honey. I, I need to put dates because for me, it's not about being timeless. It's about understanding that, yes, I've been, I'm a relic. Yeah. <laughs> <I've been around. laughs>
0: so, born 1966 <coughs> in Mexico? No, I was born in 1957. 1957? You moved to LA in 1966.
1: Correct. Okay, okay. <coughs> and where in Mexico were you born? Michoacan, Morelia Michoacan It's the state between Mexico City and Guadalajara mm-hmm. It's like Michigan, but in Spanish State of Great Lakes, same thing Which is which is kind of interesting It means the I, same thing
0: I literally have never heard of it described that way That is, you learn something new every day
1: oh, Yeah, yeah. it's just <laughs> like Michigan But in Spanish with a ch as opposed to G-A-N or whatever it is
0: <laughs> So he's from the Spanish Michigan No, <laughs> the, Mexi- the Mexican <laughs> Michigan <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Uh, what exactly. was, what, what was it like, uh, one growing up in that region of Mexico and then two the trans, the cultural transition to moving to Los Angeles.
1: So you were about, uh, ten. you were
0: around 10 when you moved nine, 10.
1: No, I, I, I was seven, eight, seven, I turned yeah. I, yeah, seven, eight. And I, uh, yeah, I was going to, I was going to be 10 because it, I will turn 10 and 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I just remember that my where I was born. It's it's such a, it's such a magical place because everything is pink limestones mm-hmm. and it's preserved. And it was originally the uh, the capital of Mexico. It's called the uh, uh, the Garden of the New Spain or something like that. And Maximilian and Carlotta were were ambas- or ambassadors there. Mm-hmm. And so it has this rich French Indian culture, and we we were the only Indians that were never conquered by the Aztecs. Hmm. So from my understanding, we're very resilient and very humble and very quiet and go about our work. Hmm. Uh, My grandfather was blonde hair, blue eyed. My grandmother was dark on my mother's side and my dad's side. Everybody was dark. So there's this mixture of cultures. Mm -hmm. And so my brain fantastically was... As a young child, for escape because of, of my situation in, in life, that I felt I was adopted or I was in the wrong family. Because you know, mm. all artists we do that. I think, I hope. <laughs> <coughs> I, I used to go into these magical places. So when I came to the states, it was it was very shocking because the English language is really not fun to learn. No. <laughs> and back then, they didn't, they didn't. We didn't have ESL. Mm. So we we had a tutor to teach us how to run Joe run see Jane dog whatever, and I used to like it because I like to learn, mm. but I had the most difficult time with the spelling, which is why to this day I'm very adamant about working with an H, mm-hmm. correct spelling, and li- li- I'm, since it was so ingrained in me as a, as a child to to everything be spelled correctly, that's how I am also with my art to be very um, diligent and truthful. Uh, With whatever I do, even if I don't know where it's coming from, it has to have a purpose, it has to have a meaning. Mm -hmm. I just don't do it just because. Reactive action always has a method for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I came to the States, it was very shocking because uh, I was Mexican and Chicanos, unfortunately at the time, didn't want anything to do with Mexicans. Mm -hmm. The first person to ever call me a wet bag was was a Chicano. And I was very shocked. I was like, wetbag, we did what does that mean? So there was a lot of uh already hatred and segregation because of the 60s. You know, mm-hmm. it's just right alongside with with black culture as well. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I just I was very confused how people just didn't get along. But yet, and hopefully this is gonna come out the right way that I intend to. I remember also being in elementary school and singing a Daniel Boone song. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard the Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone was a man. He was a big man, but the bell was bigger. So he ran like a book bu- up a tree. And mm-hmm. I was like, but that's an insult. How come people are singing this song? Yep. So my brain was, was having difficulty trying to navigate my, I don't want to say innocence, mm-hmm. but not let go of that. Like, wait a minute. Like, why are we insulting each other in a song and okay with it? And one of my best friends was uh, uh, was a white guy, and and uh, and, uh, and Rodney, a black guy, and so and people were very shocked that I had those kind of friends because I didn't hang out with my people. I was like, well, th- these are friends; these are kids that I can get along with.
0: Well, then also you just mentioned that the people that were your kind didn't want you to be part of their kind. They're the ones that gave you the. Th- that's that's also another layer of cultural segregation especially in north america that people don't realize we always talk about civil rights on the black side of it but the colonization mentality that was inflicted on all of the people of that region perpetuate and you see this in south america
1: a lot with the colorism uh my grandmother always used to be like why are you getting dark i'm dark do you understand what it's going to be like for you Mm. i mean because she was dark
0: so there's the self-ingrained not hatred but deprecation of what your visual expression is what you look like to other people then there's the externalized from other people oh you're a wetback you're too dark you're too light you're and and this goes through all of it and then when you finally get friends who literally see you as a person it's why are you friends it's it's yeah. like the system is designed to keep us
1: apart from each other absolutely absolutely and fear also keeps other people from from being open to having friendships with all kinds of people Mm -hmm. you know and 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 so it was always fascinating and 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 still to this day how it's still there it's still there i mean I, i i i could feel it when i go into a room even Mm -hmm. though people are being, you know, Southern, oh, isn't she cute? You know, it's like I could feel stuff coming Mm -hmm. in because, you know, I'm legally blind in one eye, so my other senses get a little bit altered. Mm -hmm. So I know, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, I've always known, for whatever reason, when people are being nice because they want something from me, or people are being nice because they should be, or people are being nice because they're nice. Mm -hmm. I've always known that. I have no idea why this instinct of mine Oh, my God, I get emotional. Uh, kicks in when I meet people. I always know. So I, I'm always like, oh, okay. And, but one thing that I've learned by watching Queen Charlotte is that I've never changed my narrative towards love, mm. regardless if it's been good or bad. So artistically, I think that's what saved me, that I'm an artist, mm-hmm. that I put it into that, uh, that, that, that genre of expression whether it's anger or hate so that way it doesn't change who I am as a person Mm -hmm. I stay the same person, I am literally as I just posted on my social media, a complicated uh, artist with simple needs Mm -hmm. my my needs are simple you know, live and let live and all get along and let's just be happy and have fun (laughs) my brain is not that simple but that's okay
0: (laughs) 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 You know, there's a layer to, we're going to get to this, uh, as we go, as we go through your upbringing and to where you are, quote unquote now, but there's been so many experiences through your life that have, um, what's the word I'm looking for. There's, there's been so many experiences in your life that have fostered that not desire for love, but that embellish not embellishment oh what is what i'm looking for that it's what you live by is it yeah the the ups and the downs the love and the loss the have and have not the differences the all of that has culminated into who you are as a person and expressed through your artistry um one of one of the things you said i remember poignantly is you get people to, in, in teaching, you get people to not dance, but find emotion in their movement because that's exactly. what dictates. And even sitting here, you talking about uh, your heightened sense of awareness of self, of who needs something from you get to emotional because it's, it's such a part, it's so ingrained in your skeletal structure, in your nervous structure, like everything in your body has collected all of these sensations throughout life. Yeah. 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 That yeah. also uh develops your artistry that gives your narrative for your artistry of not only as an artist, but who you are as a person, because people living are artists themselves. Whether you're an engineer, whether you're a cowboy, whether you're a mechanic, you're still an artist yeah, in what yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah.
1: But how do you mix all of them and still come out honest? Right. And and you know, even like you know, I always say I'm the most selfish person that I know because I, I need that oxygen. I need I need to open up like someone uh from Peru yesterday, uh astrology and all that he goes, Oh my god, mm-hmm. you're just like a hero because all these things you post and it's like I know what you're talking about, but these people don't know. And you're just so so amazing what you've done for other people. You're 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 a hero. I said, No 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 no, 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 no. Don't put me in those shoes. And I don't I, I feel very uncomfortable uh it's a constant situation with my brain. I feel very uncomfortable when people put me on pedestals. Mm-hmm. I don't want that responsibility. That's not for me. to be, I don't want to be in a soapbox. It's, it's it's unfortunate that I'm the last one left, that I have to be in situations as, as such.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, the truth is, and I said to him yesterday, I said, no, I'm not. He goes, because you know astrology, you know this, you know that, and you apply it all into what you're going through in your brain and with your vomiting of art, as you say. And I said, no, I'm not a hero. I'm not any of that. I said, I don't like people admiring me it creeps me out when people are like, oh my God, there's Victor. I -hmm. said, because I think we all have the capability if we really pull back on ourselves to hopefully reach that goal, Uh, whether people do or not, it's not my thing. I said, but I am just a simple person, simple artist that has lived his art.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's like, why do you say that? I said, because if, if I live like this and I don't come in with my panache and my mariachis and my orchestra then i'm not what everybody else would have done with my talent because then you're going to get all these people stuck on you and stick with you and i don't want those people mm-hmm. and so that's why even tomorrow i'm having a reunion from uh, mexico event gothenburg event and uh, canada event mm-hmm. all the kids that i've met that uh signed up really quickly the kids that are really giving me the hashtag punking or the new generation punkers or the fan punks, the ones that really are, are meaning it, not mm. the ones that told me they were, because I see they're not. Right. So when those people came on between you and I, uh, they wanted to be part of the class. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's already sold out because it's free. So yeah. what I'm doing is I'm going to join them together tomorrow for two hours, three hours, to see how they're feeling. How, how are you now since I last taught you? Where are you at now? And so that's a new path that I'm taking to still nurture what I have done. Mm-hmm. I've never done that before, but I think it's important, especially in this day and age with the way we are, with a view of, of existing, that if I've opened up somebody to that emotion, I need to make sure that I check on it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's And that's the sign of a true teacher? <gasps> <laughs> that be, because you know there's a lot of people that can give information there are also teachers uh academic teachers who do the same that give out information and there's no follow-up or concern for the well-being of the students now but the teachers that you remember are the ones that said something pointed to you or reached out to you in your most vulnerable moment whether or not they knew it was a vulnerable moment it's the ones that Continued your education emotionally as well as academically because they know that your well-being overall dictates how well you will perform in life.
1: So well, whether they, they not- just, the guy, I'm sorry, the guy from Peru, mm-hmm. it, it, I I checked on him yesterday and he knew what the planet was and he knew the Venus thing and he knew and uh, so I went on and and spoke to him and he goes, oh my God, why do you always send me this stuff when I'm At the moment, at a crossroad where I'm confused, and then you come in and you go, and it makes all sense. That's (laughs) when he says, you're a hero. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, you know, I'm going through it. So I wrote in Spanish, I said, one cannot heal anybody until we open up, reopen up our wounds over and over and over to reheal and show that, look, it's okay. You know, Uh, because I think as artists, we owe it to ourselves. At least I've been lucky enough to work with people at, like that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, that are... Uh, yeah, my choice and my commitment has and, and has been emotionally being invested in art.
0: But well, you know, comically, what you're describing is every superhero, as we know, in comic books, <laughs> origin story. <laughs> None of them wanted to be a hero. None of them chose to be a hero none of them none of them sought out or perpetuate as being a hero they're just doing it for the greater good of other people because they see that that's what the world needs them for at that time needs. Yeah, so, but, so there you go so i become yeah. so to you you are not a hero but to other people you may be
1: oh yeah, you yeah. yeah. Be and, and you so. know mean I, I i handle it with kid gloves also because it, it, it it's I think when I taught class and you were there, that I said, you know, it's a big responsibility when people trust me with their talent. I really... Very fragile situation. So I had to to make uh, make sure that I do right by it. And uh, clearly it shows up when they come into the... Sharing of their talent is—they call battles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beca- they are a whole, whole different people. It's like you saw it. They were like, oh. what the hell just happened?" Hell, you pulled it out
0: of me. We're going to get to that later as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, going going back into your—we're now in—we're now in Los Angeles. We're now experiencing all of this. Crazy cross-cultural indifferences indifferences um in your teenage years how did we get into where how do we find ourselves into the dance space when did dance because you also i i'm privy to information that you grew up doing traditional
1: folk uh mexican folk dancing um well i think i think what happened what happened was you know I'm, I'm still like right now i'm still sniffling because of allergies and mm-hmm. you know and, and this new stable that i'm going out with the horses is, is, is a barn enclosed and it's a dustbin with cobwebs so i'm like <laughs> uh sometimes i take my claritin sometimes i don't uh i'm always trying it out to see you know if my system can get also healthy because if we medicate ourselves too much then our our, our, our system doesn't get strong enough mm-hmm. so god forbid i don't have claritin then i you know uh I grew up as a sick child all the time. I had asthma. I, 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 has, I also sometimes would induce my asthma attacks because of my my family situation just to make sure that it would distract me being sick and the fights would stop. Uh, and uh, anxiety also causes asthma. So it, it, it was a, a give and take thing. Um, I, I remember doing dancing in, when I was in kindergarten and I was really good at it. I'm really good at... Oh, that sounds so vague. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm really good. Um, <laughs> did you see how I just caught myself. <laughs> Easy. E- excuse my language. Pull it back, bitch. No, no. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> um, well, I I tend to have really good focus. Mm. And if I focus, I know I can do anything. Could be possible
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you put your whole mind into it. Anything could be possible, whether it works or not. It's possible. Right. So, uh, and for me it just felt fun besides drawing and painting and poetry, movement was something physically that I really looked forward to because I did grow up with asthma, I was in the hospital Mm -hmm. in junior high every Tuesday, Thursday getting 120 allergy shots coming back to school, just being dead and then the minute I could which happened when I had a dream uh, junior high, that I had a weird dream that I died because I couldn't find my medication We were at war or something, and I couldn't find my medication. I died. So the next morning, I just stopped taking it. Wow! (laughs) I just was like, "We'll take it every now and then." Like I'm doing it right now. Yeah, because I'm like, "Oh my god!" If I, I don't know what I I just, I yeah, I I just couldn't breathe, so I passed away. And that was one of the problems that you can't breathe; your lungs get clogged up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I started studying. Like coffee would make me feel better. We're drinking water, relaxing music. And so, also exercise, mm-hmm. and I was a cowboy before I was into folk dancing, mm-hmm. and uh, I started teaching school because of the uh, the domestic violence in my my ha- my home. Because my, my my dad rest in peace was a very tortured soul, as many Mexican parents are. He was an amazing artist, but just was never able to separate. And so he would numb himself by drinking, and he became an alcoholic. I mean, he started drinking as a child. And so he was, he was unfortunately, a monster. And I think that's the reason I've survived my life, because if I grew up and survived my father, I was not going to let anybody outside in in my adult world do that to me. Mm -hmm. So it was like chum chum, you know? Um, So the minute I, 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 uh, to piss my dad off after he sold my horse, because he found out I was ditching, I went into folk dancing I, to piss him off. I don't
0: mean to laugh. That's just... Oh, okay, but it's, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. the complexity of that situation already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See my brain? Yeah. So I just went into Mexican dancing to piss him off. And oh, I...
0: Oh, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. So you were cowboy. Uh-huh. Dad found out you were ditching class to be with the horse so he sold the horse and to get back at dad for selling your horse for ditching school you decided to take up mexican folk dancing to get back uh-huh. yeah how old are you at because the he didn't want
1: to be, I mean, as far as he was concerned all dances were facts and of course ah, i was
0: okay okay there okay there it is of
1: course i was so i did it to
0: spite him ah but again, as I said, there's without even knowing there's there was a, a number of complexities I could I could tangibly taste <laughs> in that in that story. But okay, so Dad had a problem with dancing.
1: He had a problem with anything that I would do that was, uh, unless it was manly enough. Mm. And 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 you know, I mean, it, it, and and. And it, it was it wasn't but I've always knew it wasn't my fault I knew it was his
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know I, i've I've always known i you know I think I spoke about something about him saying that I owned he i owed him his life and he's spreading out that no I no I didn't you're probably drunk when you we were fucking. Uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is why I have to be careful with my mouth because sometimes it says things that it's like that it's true mm-hmm. but you know it, it and so uh yeah I went into folk dancing despite him and you i became became good at it yeah
0: (laughs) what what drew aside from revenge at dad but and you mentioned you used to draw and write and like you weren't you were an artist artistic child so art was already in you but what kept you once you be once you started folk, the Mexican traditional folk dancing, what kept you? Because it was in
1: physical. It. it was physical, and I could breathe, and I could sweat, and I could be yeah. outside, and 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 it was a whole different experience for me. Not to be medicated. Mm-hmm. That was your medication. Well, that was my. Med- it ended up being my medication. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It became my drug. You know, even now, if I even physical, like when I did cycling and all that, it opens up your lungs. It, to this day, I don't understand why when I drink water, it's where it sounds. And if I'm feeling blue and I drink water, I feel like oh, like it just washes me out. And I'm like, I don't understand why people don't like to drink water. Yeah, like, it's the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> your body knows you what know? eat. Well, you know what I mean. It's it, it's it's just so cleansing and. And then, of course, growing up with a comic book of uh, the superhero, Tibetan superhero that I think I spoke about, Kaliman, mm-hmm. uh, as a child, then he he was shape-shifter and he would meditate and he would, you know, it was all healing and all. So growing up with that mentality, I guess I became was to be part of that. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. So that's, yeah, the irony of it all. You know, you become what unconsciously what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm at a place, because I've done three events that have been incredibly, I think it was because of the lockdown, that people were ready to be where I pushed them to be. But for me, like even in Vancouver, I was the only judge. Hmm. and they 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 had a lineup they would have three four people dance at a time so my brain was like <laughs> <laughs> but they took a class they took a class a couple of hours before mm-hmm. and so they were ready to just vomit and i remember one boy came in and he had not taken my class and he ended up doing some posing and i went wait 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 I said you didn't take my class, did you? And he goes, no. I said, yeah, I could tell by your rhythm of your posing. I did say this. I I said I did say in my class that when you do pose, I said I I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. But let me just give you something you missed in my class that I need to tell you. When you do posing, it's like glitching. There should be like your hiccup. You like I said, you're just la 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 la. I said it's too ethereal for me, and that's not posing. Uh-huh. I said so. That's the only thing you're missing. So if you're going to continue, if you continue in this event to go through, just know that posing is like glitching, because that's what I said to my class. Clearly, he didn't make it through because the other people just destroyed him. But I had to pick top 16, and it was it was it was the most intense and exhilarating thing that I ever done. Because so Mexico prepared me, and then Gothenburg prepared me. Mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To just be the only judge. And the girl that won was lethal. She didn't even know she had it in her, in heels. And last, last year, basically in my Zoom classes, she would be in a corner crying because she couldn't give me what I wanted that I saw. Uh-huh. And this time around, she came and just destroyed everybody. I mean, destroyed. She became Wonder Woman in heels question it,
0: yes could, how, how do i ask it when she was in class and she wasn't quote unquote giving you what you wanted or what you could or what you wanted to see and then when she was at this event could it have been that connection to the emotion as we were talking about instead of instead of just the steps it was the connection to what the movement
1: is. Well, well I also I also had her assist me in warm up, mm-hmm. because of my experience with her. She's 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 multicultural, mm-hmm. and she's had a situation with that in Canada. She's also a B girl, so she didn't know how to gel the things together. Mm-hmm. The other boy that assisted me, Eric, is is Filipino, I believe. I hope he. I mean, I'm, well, he's he's he's. That culture. Mm-hmm. I had him assist me as well because he also is very smooth. And I wanted them to get a little more. I wanted them to feel my energy. Mm-hmm. So they assisted me. They were side by side Savage. to me and they went both like yeah. And so what happened with her when after she took my class physically, she understood what I was asking for her via Zoom. Even mm-hmm. though she would give it to me every now and then, but they would she just freak out and break out and like I can't. And uh you know what I mean? She just she she was it was prepared she it was the right time and right place for her.
0: And you know, that's for, for me as a teaching choreographer, that's one of the hardest limitations about teaching via Zoom is that personal physical contact that like being in the room and exchanging of energy, where digitally you can see and you can interpret, but being in an actual room together and being able, as you said, feel the energy, that's a lot of time where the inspiration and motivation from dance comes from because then you can you can follow again. Well, see, the
1: burdens that... But see, when, when, I, when I do my, my Zoom classes, I don't do drills. I don't do classroom stuff. Yeah. For example, I already, just in case we dance tomorrow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I said, just in case we were able to play, I send them a song. So what I do with my students, when I have three songs that I send out or uh, my assistant plays, Nani, I have someone listen to the song and first they, they I go one by one telling asking them, what are you feeling right now? Like, what are you feeling taking my class? Like, what are you feeling your first time meeting me? And so they write that emotion down and everybody's listening. So then when I come back to that person, I say, okay, now I want you to use that emotion. Think about that emotion and I want to, Play the song for you, and let me know what that song makes you feel. Attaching that emotion, go. And <laughs> <laughs> the second person, I want you to answer that person with your emotion. Anya, how you felt them watching and the song. So it becomes a conversation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say that my Zoom classes feel like it's real time. Nice, that's beautiful. So they all become friends. They all become friends. That's why I'm in Gothenburg, all of them basically were my Zoom students. They came to take class as well. To experience the live version of me, you know. So, at first it was hard, but because I'm such a visual person, I was like, you know, I need to just kind of connect A and B and even and, and so and C to to and you and you because I have their names written down, and I go check. Okay, now you do that. Now, you so it's all, I, I go just to the list, mm-hmm. you know. And at the end, I have everybody dance together, or go to the camera and and freeze. You know, and then everybody watches everybody, so it becomes a conversation. Nice. And so, I don't I said don't dis, don't dismiss the drills. Don't dismiss everything you've already learned, like I said it in your in click almost, you gotta use. It's not wrong. It brought you here. I don't have to practice with you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've given you the tools. Now use them. I've show I've shown you where your wings are now go. <laughs> yeah. Kick them out of the nest. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: We were just talking about you taking uh, traditional Mexican folk dance to get back at dad. At what point, because he had a problem, he thought anything that was dance was not masculine enough. At what point did we get to the clubs where we would then start
1: formulating the basis for punking? Uh, Well, my friend from high school, Mike Huser, who was a test player, we met uh, we met at the beach. Mm-hmm. Circumstances, you know, that'll stay where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met at the beach because of the back then you couldn't really meet people unless you know. And I, we, I, he finally realized we were gay because of where we were at. Mm-hmm. We were still in high school, and he took me to Paradise Ballroom. And I remember going there on Halloween, and I think I mentioned this before, and, and just freaking the fuck out because I mm-hmm. saw these people running around in costumes, and I was like. First of all, the shock of seeing two men dance together and women was was like I knew we were going to get raided at any point whatsoever, especially with how I grew up with a domestic abuse. Mm. So I was like, oh, my God. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's not like this all the time. It's just Halloween. So then the second time we came around uh, uh, or the times we came back, I remember seeing Michelangelo, Andrew and uh, Tinker uh, doing their stuff. And I was like, oh, I can do that because all I did was just do the deer dance, which is one of the Mexican folk dances that I did.
0: So just so you know, people, if you don't know who Michelangelo, Tinker, and Andrew are,
1: do your research, do your homework. Correct. Correct. And so I I saw what they were doing. I was like, I could. so all I did was imitate the deer, which uh, the deer dance is about a deer, ironically enough, that uh, it's a sacrifice for, I think it's spring or summer, where they hunt a deer, as a ritual for the season, mm-hmm. and uh, and the deer gets killed at the end. So a deer, there's two hunters that come in, and and, and and the deer is drinking water. <clears throat> then all of a sudden he hears a noise and he runs. So I had to, so my all, all of my movement was imitating a deer. Well, if you imitate a deer, if you said deer, they boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, they move like that. So that was my posing. I was like, oh, I can do that. I know what they're doing and then we, we became friends we, we spoke about what kind of movies we liked and everything which was kind of the same thing Sunset so Boulevard Airtay uh, Diaghilev, Batman TV show uh, you know uh, Lil Abner and we were trying to make up things or steal things from movies to put into our performance and because I moved a Tinker, who did the bolos because of the nunchucks. I, I moved my arms circular because of the roping. So a lot of my stuff with my arms is circular because of roping, being a cowboy. So all of us used to implement whatever background we had in physicality into the dance. And that's how it just became what everybody saw.
0: So we started off the conversation talking about how our life experiences, uh, not dictate but uh, draw out our artistry. Um, uh-huh. There's a couple words that I want to, that I picked up on that I want to bring back. You just said water, which yeah. you said for some reason when you drink water, your body just feels open. Uh-huh. You mentioned. Uh, you're as a, from cow from cowboying and lassoing roping. Your movements were circular. Uh-huh. You mentioned like there's just there's there's just a couple things that is just like. Do you hear what you're saying? That once again, your life is right there, coming back to you in cycles. Everything that everything that we talked about in passing that most people would generally think of. Why are we talking about this now? Comes back into creating who you are again as your person and as your artistry. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Again, the rejection no, I agree with the, you. The rejection of the not rejection, the your your rebellion yeah. against dad oh, going yeah. into Mexican folk dancing, then was the foundation of where you came into with punking. Again, uh-huh. the 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 going against your father which was already which was already a thing because of the domestic the domestic situation that you said yeah. at home, also became a foundation of who you are as a person, how you expressed yourself. Something that was meant to be uh, yeah. was meant to be a clash with
1: your dad, yeah. end up being a spark. Yeah. Oh. For yeah. You. But that's what isn't that what life isn't that what passion is anyways?
0: That's what it's supposed to be. But how many people don't realize or how many people take that away from themselves and just go, Oh, that's just the fleeting moment. How many people in conversation just go, Oh, don't worry about that. That's not important. That's not what we need to talk about. Right. I was like, no, you don't understand. Oh, no, the no, no, reason no, no, why please. that's coming up right now is because it's part of your story. It's part of your life. It's part of your development. Try not to disregard one. I created this uh, quote uh, when I was younger Never sell yourself short because you never know uh-huh. what or when the next opportunity is. But that also means don't disregard the small things that happened to you before because those small things led up to the big thing that you're doing now. We so many Correct. times celebrate the, "Ooh, I booked the job. "Ooh, I did this. Oh, I made this happen. But without celebrating those psychological and emotional steps that got us there, the well, I woke up out of bed today.
1: I know. Well, the, the irony is also my first professional job. I think I told you, uh, in in Gothenburg where um, I was late because of of the family situation, mm-hmm. and I was ten minutes late, and I the doors was closed, and I knocked on the door, and the director and whoever came out I was like, "Yeah," I said, "I'm here for the rehearsal." They're like, "No, no, no, you're late." I was like, "But, but uh, they're like, look, Victor, we hired your personal talent, not your uh, not uh we 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 hired your talent, not your personal problems." Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, this, what? And they go, we hired your talent, not your personal problems. We're going to give you another chance. Sit out here. Think about it. And if you come back in, in five, ten minutes, we start working. If not, we wish you luck. He closed the door. So I was like, motherfucker. Papa, you know what? Boom, 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 boom. I went back in. That emotional trigger of him in saying that he didn't want my personal problems was exactly once again what I was using in my dancing my emotional state so I needed to dance so I went back in just to prove to him that I can dance still with my talent so once again you the flipping the coin I've always flipped the coin you know and 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 even with the David Bowie tour you know doing the thing at Peanuts way before Bowie tour and my and you know it all started because uh the owner of the club wanted us to do a show because we would come in all dressed up on Wednesdays for New Wave Night. And a show started in the 1980s called The Cosmetics. So we used to lip-sync or imitate uh, uh, songs. And then at the end, whatever the month song was, is the finale that we did. And so um, I ended up, that's when Bob Fosse and all those movies came out, and I was a dancer. And so all my friends were doing drag. I did drag a couple of times, I could pull it off, but I didn't like what I was attracting. Mm. And so what I ended up doing was getting a football cup, female a female underwear, half naked, working out my body, sticking on tattoos, letting my hair grow, putting on makeup, spy, uh, a spike heel boots, sometimes too high so I would duct tape them on, leather gloves. So I would come in, gender savage. Mm. I would it's like if you're gonna if you're attracted to this then definitely we're never gonna get it on because you're a freak (laughs) (laughs) because and I never went I thank God I never really a few times maybe never dated anybody that saw me perform Mm. like that and then years later the David Bowie opportunity comes up with exactly that so it's always trusting as i tell many my students trust your talent even if it is as dark as it is just trust it just go with it you never know even if you don't do it professionally do something with it you know like right now i'm not doing anything really professional but i kind of am teaching yeah but even in jazz class i was like that with my students i would bring my music was everything that they would look into because I never played the top forty, I would always bring these new groups that I heard or new stuff, and I would make them with their movement give life to the sound, mm-hmm. the way I taught jazz. You know, hence being called to do a little trio, find two other people and do uh, star search because they saw me in a in a concert. How
0: do we get into the jazz dance? When when and how did we get into jazz dance?
1: After I came back. In 1980, uh, and realized that the Grace Jones thing was not going to happen anymore because she had gotten into warm leatherette. Okay. And watching and what? Wa- <laughs> hold on. And watching the midnight special and seeing how disco was dying. Mm-hmm. I need and, and me taking class because I was wiping, cleaning toilets, uh, at studios, taking jazz class and ballet class to learn more techniques so I would hurt myself. I decided to give it a go. And focus on that twenty four seven, and then within a year and a half, I got the movie Staying Alive <laughs> out of. I mean, <laughs> believe in me, I, I sometimes go, "What the fuck just happened here?" <laughs> you know, because I I was one of my number was two thousand five hundred something, and I was a fourteenth dancer that got elected as a principal dancer. After only dancing a year and a half of, of technically, I mean,
0: you were an artist. You, 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 had, <laughs> it, your, your body spoke to movement and exercise. Like yeah. you said, it was, yeah. and you had so many, you had so much of a narrative in you that this is what you danced with. You danced with passion.
1: Yeah. 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 Because many times, I you know, many times the way the choreography was, was exactly like that. I don't know if you've seen the movie, though yeah. They were like, okay, come front. The, the sad part is that John Travolta was a great dancer, but he was not as good a dancer as he could be. I looked too much like him, mm. hair-wise and everything, so they put me in the back. <laughs> 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 but in the, in the scenes where you are um, the devil's dance and the whip dance, mm-hmm. because I also was a cowboy, so I know how to use the whip. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I'm, there's many shots of me with different costumes, but you don't know it's me. Only I know it's me. It's like, oh, there I am. There I am. There I am. There I am. <laughs> you know, like even there's a, there's a flip that they show a lot in Stand Alive where a guy gets flipped over his head. That's me. The gymnast guys didn't want to do it because they wanted more money. So one of them said, oh, ask Victor. You know, he's younger than I am. And so cut to, cut to the guy was 22 and I was already 24, I think at the time. And I said, I'll do it. What do you guys want me to do? And they're like, Oh, you know, we just want to run up to him and do a flip. I said, oh, like a vault. I like, Oh, like a vault, gymnastics. I mean, yeah, because I did a little bit of gymnastics when I was younger Russell. But I didn't, I didn't stay into it because there were too many uh, racism involved. So I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be around that hypocrisy. And so I was like a vault around his head, like, yeah, all right. So who's going to catch me? They are, but they're going to be mad. Okay, great, let's do it. They shot the scene twice. You could see it like 20 times in the, in the, in the, in the, in the movie. Boom, 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 Because the other guy didn't want to do it. That's Victor. I said, oh, what do you want me to do? So the, a lot of the work that I got in the 80s as well was, if there was something fantastical to do or whatever, they would call me and they, they would tell me, oh, blah, 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 you want me to hang here? Okay, sure, I can do that. <laughs> well, as you said, vomit art. It was fun for me. To create something that like, oh, okay, it's not just steps. Okay, sure. You want me to hang upside down for that good? Yeah, you want me a butterfly? Yeah. <laughs> all right,
0: rewind for a second.
1: Cause you okay. mentioned
0: uh jazz and all that came into uh came when you came back in the in eighty from Greece. 90. Yeah. How do we get from paradise to
1: Greece? Because uh, a choreographer who uh, who was looking for dancers, I would mention the name, but I don't want to give no reality to, was looking for dancers for Diana Ross. Uh, <laughs> hey, they don't mention my name. Why should I mention theirs? Uh, was looking for dancers for Diana Ross. And he asked a bunch of us. <laughs> see, I'm a punk still. <laughs> oh, I, love <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm and being honest. I mean, you know. Uh, asked many of us to come in and audition for Dinah Ross at, at Geno's. Mm. And so we went in, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to get it because I was already taking jazz class, kind of, sort of technical. And he already knew who he wanted, the choreographer, from my perspective. And he took those dancers, which was Lonnie, Tinker, and Andrew, to Las Vegas. Around the same time, I guess John Paul Good who knew Tony Basil and Danny Lugo had just done Tony Basil's Fox Venice show, which I knew about, asked Danny Lugo to find a dancer because Grace Jones was looking for two dancers. So Danny's wife said, you should take Manuel, which is me. And so he called me and without ever seeing Grace jones perform or anything like that just hearing the song i went to new york and started working for her in 70 late 78 needless to say i worked with her from 78 to 1980 they i believe only did that run of vegas and someplace else that year but i continued and every time i would be on a different road or city with grace i would look for dance studios to learn dance steps or to just learn warm-up to keep my body healthy because I wasn't drinking at all at the time. And, you know, just goes back day, the, the debauchery. was like, wow, I need to survive and be, you know. And, and working for Grace was fantastical. Like, the freedom that I got working with her was incredible. And they're the ones that said to me, John Paul good, and her said, whatever you're doing out there, people seem to like, you should really look into it professionally. So I started taking dance classes. Nice. I I listened to them. Needless to say, I saw Grace Jones perform two years later, after I stopped working with her, and I was just fucking blown away. Because I was like, oh my God, I wasn't even trained. I was a street dancer, and I was freestyling while she was getting changed in front of the audience and still keeping them alive, like they said. Holy fuck. (laughs)
0: So we we went from walking into your first gay club experience in your teenage years, freaking the fuck out, to going back, meeting your friends Tinker, Michelangelo, and Andrew, uh-huh. becoming friends, discussing movies and TV shows, and incorporating our personal backgrounds in developing this art form of punking, to being... <coughs> Asked to join a tour with Grace Jones, <laughs> while the others went for a Diana show, being on tour with Grace for two years, coming back and still two and taking more, two and a half years, coming back, deciding, you know what, I want to train some more and get better as a dancer, and then what happened? At, at,
1: but at, at night times, starting the cosmetics.
0: Oh, and then still doing the cosmetics, which was the quote unquote drag uh, lip sync show. Yeah. At Geno's.
1: At, uh, no, it, it started at Circus Disco first and then it went to Peanuts. Never at Geno's. Okay. Okay. Very separate. Oof. That is... Because Michelangelo was the DJ, but then he was a leader of us doing the cosmetics. We would go out with him every New Wave night. Because we all do, knew how to sew costumes. I knew how to sew. So we would, we would get big sweatshirts and put foam underneath it so to look like spaceships. Babies.
0: <laughs> that is, once again, ladies and gentlemen, vomit art. Put yourself in all your experiences in it a hundred percent and what comes out will be beauty. It's <laughs> as my, as my godmother says, tell the truth and shame the devil. Once you know uh, your, once you know your truth, no one can take that away from you
1: and what you no. create will be beauty. Yeah. yeah, allegedly yeah, well, that's basically that's what happened. And then being training and then still working at the cleaning bathrooms and then getting a scholarship uh, at to pray because that's a school I choose to. Mm-hmm. and then uh auditioning for fucking excuse my language staying alive and just it was it and then going to mexico and do uh anna barbara and play top cat the owner of it i mean my life has been so crazy because i just i just know when it's right and or when it's not right and i just go and and i i live the moment and um and then star searching i mean i got my equity my SAC card equity and and what is the other one after a death card in two years. <laughs> boom, boom, boom,
0: boom, boom. How do we get to David then? What? Okay, well, I guess, you, you know what? Okay, we're staying alive. What happened between staying alive and David?
1: I went to Mexico. I got a job to do uh, to do uh, Hanna Barbera on uh, Flipsos on Parade in Mexico mm-hmm. because the people knew me from uh, Dupre Dance Academy, and it's one of the best schools. And I was. Uh, I was there and, and uh, I was doing dance conventions as well because mm-hmm. they asked me to do da- street dance dance conventions for Dupre uh, on weekends I would do that during the week or weekends I would also do the cosmetics they would just be shifting then they asked me to do Ana Barbera in Mexico City uh, I went there I think for three months uh, the, only, no, the only thing I know is that's when Dream Girls came out and I remember buying the album, the the cassette, and taking the cassette and just dying over the fact of this this beautiful voice, and her saying, "When it's my turn, when when do I come in?" And you know, I'm not going anywhere. And me, in one way, with whatever was around me, I knew that I still something was still about to happen, but I didn't know what. And then love not happening for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So even isolating myself even more because. It feels uncomfortable when people fall in love with the artist as opposed to the person and so then they ask you to make choices and clearly they always lose because i i know my choice much to my sometimes chagrin i know what i need to choose and so uh, doing anna-barbera and then coming back and then doing a, a show at the pray, and uh, producers from this new pilot they were trying to do for talent, seeing me dance and said, could you find two other dancers? Because we need someone to uh, compete with this other couple we have from Vegas. Uh, uh, and so we got together. I found the music, I helped. I asked Jackie, my teacher, to help me with some stuff, and um, I did the pilot for Star Search. And then within that, getting more industrial work, But then at the same time doing peanuts and then starting to grow my hair and people not liking it because I wasn't looking like the Disney boy anymore. Uh, When my agent at the time, Julie McDonald was forming an agency for dancers. She asked me if I should go represent me a few years before this. I believe Kenny Ortega and I were the first ones that she asked to be represented Mm -hmm. because he was a dancer at the time. And, um, but I said yes, because Julie McDonald was a dance partner of mine from this dance show that I did up north in early 1980s with Russell Clark. What? (laughs) Because we also, Tony Selznick was young at the time, and we would go out to the clubs dressed up all crazy at the same way as the cosmetics. And so Russell Clark asked me to be in this company for a weekend up in God knows where. with Michelle Asoff, I don't even know if you know Michelle. Michelle Asoff. She was young then. she was a ballet teacher. At the same time, I also had audition for Greece Two, Greece two. and i I was supposed to audition for one of the lead guys, but Pat Birch thought I was too technical. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get that job, but they started growing my hair. and then Julie McDonald, dropping me because my hair was getting too long it wasn't what she was wanting to represent wow. and out of, the, out of the hair getting long uh is where tony basso used to come and see my shows i was already teaching a jazz three four class because people said you're so good you should teach because i remember once assist uh assist uh being a substitute for Jackie light who had an advanced jazz class uh she said you could you could you could you could substitute for my class everybody stayed and then some came and my movement was just that everybody was like, "Fuck, we're going to his class." So my class became very popular. The hair, co- choreography—I was very much a starter of that. Boom, boom. And some of the solid girls used to come and take my class to learn choreography. So you're
0: uh, telling? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> that hair. I oh. Wow, that whole 80s hairiography that persisted into now Britney
1: hairiography. Oh, yeah. Can't you, dude, I was, yeah, I was a guy that was doing that. My hair never fell in my face. Foo, fa. Savage. Oh, yeah.
0: You think you know somebody, you learn something new every day. Okay, <laughs> so. Keep keep going keep going keep going where we are now we're in class
1: we're so we so the going to come but the only time i remember thing i i remember is when it was a saturday class and i was doing a combination to digital display remember that song
0: no who who's the artist ready for
1: ready for the world
0: oh yeah yes i know ready for the world why, and i know why, digital display
1: all hair, all hair. All the solid girls dancers came in, in their heels. Honey, it was a big room, like 70 people. All I remember is it got so hot and steamy, the mirrors got steamed up and we had to wipe them off. People were just, fwah, 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 boom, floor, heels, stop, boom, up. I mean, savage. <laughs> Wow, oh wow. It's, still not, it's still it's still thinking my friends are getting sex changes. why am I why am I a peanuts? What's going on, God? like why am I still here? why and then everybody in the day jobs hates me because my hair is growing it just just keep me walking if this is the pace that I'm supposed to take. Mm-hmm. And I still say that just keep me walking and just keep pushing if this is what I'm oh my God sorry, I get emotional. no, no, don't apologize. Keep pushing if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and so um, Tony Bowser used to come and take class because she heard, and she would go to Peanuts and watch me, and was fascinated the fact that I was the only, perfect dancer that really went into the professional world, and um, you were the you only know, dancer that went to the professional world, the punker, a punker, ah, hmm. punker. I, mean, I went in, I, I, I became professional. And so then, I guess she got a call to audition for dances for David Bowie, and she asked me. And then she goes, "What I want you to do is, I want you to pick a song from David Bowie." I was not really a fan of David because, you know, I mean, not really, you know, I, I like some of his music. <laughs> uh, Black Cat, people, I love that because I used to perform it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, she goes, pick one of his songs, and um, oh, and right before that, though, I remember doing Siri Sant-Nam. I remember doing a show with a man called Siri Sant-Nam. And he was an amazing choreographer and teacher. And I had to do It's a Man's World, uh, dance with a girl who was very much a lesbian and didn't want to dance with me. But I remember we became friends, and we're still friends. And I remember when i was supposed to dance with her it's a song right before it's a man's world i remember sniffing her neck i went behind her and i and she freaked out but she understood the assignment Mm -hmm. that look you're a lesbian i'm gay let's make this work let's dance girl (laughs) it's like let's just (laughs) just dance girl It's, it's just art and um and i remember him we, I got him to, to use the studio to shoot his reel. But this man knew nothing about staging. Nothing about nothing. And I remember dancing for him at Dupre and being really pissed off at him and telling him, soon enough, I know it. I'm going to get a fucking job where I don't have to think about any of this shit. I don't have to worry about choreographers. I don't have to worry about anything. My costumes, will re- everything will be ready. Cut to a month like, a couple of months later, <laughs> Puzzle calls me. <laughs> and she asked me to audition for David. Uh, and so I picked Dancing with the Big Boys, because that's what I was, I, I was about to do. Mm-hmm. Also, Madonna had the audition for Who's That Girl? So they said, you need to come in and wear your heels. So I wore my boots. Besides doing the, all the uh, dancing, I, I remember... When I wore my boots, I had I wore those uh, those uh, suits that uh, mechanics wear. Mm-hmm. You know the overalls, with the one, zipper. the one piece. Yeah, yeah, that that exactly. You wore one. I was like, oh, flashback. <laughs> I used to wear those when I used to wear heels. Um, I auditioned for Madonna. I got to the top. Um, I auditioned for David Bowie. Got to the top. On Sunday, I went to church. I still pass by it all the time, and I said to my prayers, God, it's in your hands. Whoever calls me first, I go with. I can't make the choice. Sure enough, Sunday mo- Monday morning, 7 a.m., my phone rings. Tony Basil, pack your bags. David saw 30 seconds and said, who is that? So I had to call Madonna's people back and say, I can't do the tour. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And that's where Shabbatou stepped in.
0: Wow just
1: all the time. at the same time when I was already in rehearsal with um, with David Bowie, uh, I guess some of the people that were to work with Michael Jackson asked me to come in and audition if I wanted the job and I said I can't. I'm already working with David Bowie. Uh, from my recollection, they all got hair extensions to kind of look a little bit more like me because I didn't have long hair. <laughs>
0: Child, if you tell me you started one more trend in Los Angeles Hollywood during the 80s, we going to fight. <laughs> well,
1: it's not even about starting. It's about that I was in the peak. The beginning. There were some other guys with long hair, of course, but not working the magnitude that I was working on all aspects.
0: Okay, so what I mean by starting, I mean being as what we call now an influencer.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, also to the point that when we were rehearsing for David Bowie, Tony Basil goes, remember when you did that song and you had those catcher mitts, knee bra- knee pads that used to slide across the floor on the Rebel Yell with the guitar? And you start singing? Yeah. Where, where can we get those? I said, oh, they're catchers. There's catcher knee pads. You can buy them. A- okay, we're going to get some for you and some fast, so you can use them in 87 and cry. So they got some of those knee pads and they spray painted them silver. The next year, when Michael Jackson went on tour, he had some um, spray painted gold. (laughs) (laughs) Because he had seen me, he had seen us in the uh, Glass Spider tour. And this is so true. A lot of the stuff, the choreography that I did was basically some of mine. She would stage. Of course, she had great ideas and stuff. Uh, But I I, I know for a fact that the the thing that we do in Fame with a knee thing, the Mm four-corner, that was From a combination that I did to uh, Herb Albert, Keep Your Eye on Me, in my class that she had taken.
0: Are you you telling me... Wait, hold on. Are you telling me that a choreographer had the audacity...
1: No, no, choreographers in the 80s had the audacity to use their dancers to do choreography and then call it their own. Yes, I'm telling you that. Sorry, world.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um <laughs> it still is a trend. It, it 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 is, but it's just so
1: interesting to hear. Well, and, because we didn't have video of our stuff, how could we video and how could we say right. it? That and that is, used to happen to me all the time because I was good at freestyling. They would always ask me to freestyle till I stopped.
0: And you know that's happening now. That's one of one of the things I remember right before I left LA, it was they asked people to do a video submission for the choreographer to the song. And I was like, there is no way in hell you think I'm about to do an entire choreography, submit it to you as an audition, so then
1: therefore you can take whatever you want from all of... Now they're more blatant about it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Back then, it was so it's so under-the-radar kind of thingy. I mean, I remember working when we were Skeleton Crew. There's such a thing as called Skeleton Crew, when mm-hmm. you brought yeah. uh, bot in. And then you work out the choreography. Right. Which is what Lorena and I did with the kids and you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's different. That's different. The choreographer staging everything. Right. Doing everything. But not when they say, hey, remember, what, can you do some, what can you do with, yeah. But the good thing about David's situation was because he did have a vision. So I, it, it was, a, I understood it. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I angry at it? Not anymore. Uh but I knew that David would video me doing weird things like hanging out, lounging on the on the rafters or hanging down. And then he's, he he came one day and he goes, you know, when, yesterday when you were like sliding and playing and you crawled down like a snake to the floor. I said, yeah, I'm just testing the I'm just testing the, the structure. The second, yeah, because that's what I'd like to do. I like to test and see where could I go? What If something happens, work. That's my brain, how it works. Mm hmm. If I go to a stage, I look at the lights to see where the lines are, because I am legally blind in one eye, so God knows if I'm ever going to lose track of where I'm at, I could just look and know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I said, no. He goes, well, here I have a video. And he showed me crawling and going through and coming down and going into the floor like a cat. That is That that was part of the Loving the Aliens choreography in mm-hmm. and, um, and Glass Spider tour. The irony of it is, that the camera angle, the way it caught me crawling like a cat a couple of years later, in Express Yourself, Madonna did that to lick a bowl. Also, the irony is that in uh Let's Dance, when we were dancing behind scrims with color scrims with shadows, somehow that also appeared in Express Yourself. Right. <laughs>
0: Ooh, child! Ooh, child! Okay, okay. I mean, we gonna there.
1: I don't know. You know, I don't know. But you know, <laughs> there's also another situation <laughs> that I will talk about. That I will talk about because I I do know it's kind of weird. I did do some choreography with some scholarship students to uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the. You know how to blow? Just whistle the Madonna song. Uh, 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 erotica not, not erotica the other Mm-mm. one uh, justify my love yeah justify my love i remember doing that with a with a student of mine who's not a great choreographer and i remember blindfolding the guys and having them um, on their knees and the girls standing in front of them and kind of slapping them to the song mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see on velvet Rogue Janet jackson doing that
0: which also came from, which I noticed recently, came from Paula Abdul's Cold-Hearted Snake.
1: Which, okay, okay, so, <laughs> Paula Abdul. Let's <that's> go <laughs> Paula Abdul. I had auditioned for her once, to a new song, but Propaganda didn't have, they called me specifically, they didn't have the, uh, the, the room for rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't open it's like well i said well i could dance you want me to dance out here he goes, you want to dance in the hall sure i guess they videoed me dancing in the hall i happened to dance in the hall there was a couch i sat on the couch i danced on the couch there was a lamp post i danced on the light post thingy didn't get the gig a couple of months later there was an incredible reebok commercial of her in a park bench wow <laughs> so and well and the only thing i can I, the only thing i feel good about saying this is because i just saw that andrew video mm-hmm and he's been, he said everything I've been saying for 13 years about punking. And after a while, I was thought I, I was going crazy. Mm. So the only reason I'm voicing this, whether it's true or not, is that from my point of view, I know I wasn't going crazy when I used to say things like this. Mm-hmm. But yet, because I spoke, I decided to just, before I developed a bad name, uh, which I'm sure it is, there's a bad name already over there, I just was very outspoken because of how I grew up with my dad, mm-hmm. and how I grew up with it, my society coming to the states, where people was like, "No, that's not that's not true." Another one that I know I can safely say was "Roll with It" by Steve Winwood. Hmm. Someone got a, a MTV award for choreography, and it wasn't you. But no, I, I, I Billy Goodson called us to 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 dance for him. But I believe Paul Abdul is the one that was choreographing it. Uh, And I danced with a girl named Kim Blank. Kim Blank and I made up whatever we were doing, and it's on the video.
0: All righty. This actually gives me a nice transition into what I wanted to ask you or talk to you about is that I I know Manuel as Victor Manuel is part of your name. But the Manuel yeah. became part of your ultra s- ego, yeah how did uh, so from when you started performing uh with the cosmetics and then the and then also that was Manuel
1: what's that? I was introduced as Manuel right so with, so, with, during so with the day mm-hmm. during the day, I was known as victor, and in the evening you were Manuel. Because Manuel is what my punk friends knew me in urban dance as. Mm-hmm. Victor was a school name. It's a school name. The reason Manuel is who he is is because everybody in Latin community always calls you by your middle name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, my original name is Victor Manuel Hernandez Torres. Four of them. Mm-hmm. I decided not to use Hernandez Torres because... When I came into the dance world professionally, I put Victor and Manuel together because I do not want to give up my urban feeling. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I put Manuel there, and Victor is who I am. Now, why didn't I put my Hernandez Torres? Because I didn't want to be told, oh, we're not seeing Latins today. Mm -hmm. So I knew how to play the game without even knowing that I was going to play a game. So in you guys' terms nowadays, with these phon- phonics, or what is it? Fonts, or what is it? What is it? What, uh, what are the people are using now? He, she, them. What? What is it? Oh, pronouns. Those pronouns. Victor's he. Manuel is him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,
0: and then Manuel helped you navigate also your freedom of expression. Again, that rebellion against your father and the culture oh, yeah. and all of that. Yeah.
1: Because he knows me as, my family knows me as Manuel Menno. Mm. They don't know me as Victor. None of my relatives know me as Victor. So once again, not letting go of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's almost like you don't let go of the unhappiness that you went through. Mm -hmm. Or the, the, the not so good times you went through, but you use them to make you stronger. You know, uh, I guess I play with a double edged sword all the time. I don't know. I really, you know, I mean, even when I did the performance you guys saw with with Pete Burns, I took myself to an interesting level there
2: mm-hmm.
1: that 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 only I could see when it's happening. You know, because I go into this mindset of Manuel, and 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 I become a different. I don't become a different person. I become a different side of me because mm-hmm. we all we all are who we are. You know, I become the gender savage artist that I am,
0: and you know that that for me, it speaks so many volumes to me. Uh, one of my, as many people know, one of my not idols, but biggest inspirations in who I am as an artist was Prince, that that borderline walk between uh, male, female, not the androge like David, but that, as you as you call it, gender savageness. so. Yeah, yeah. So whenever I'm performing, whenever I have my heels on, again, it is a part of me, but it's another side of me. It's not that I'm a different person, but it is that artistic side that no one
1: can touch. And you... But asked, see the thing, yeah, but, but you see, the thing is that it is in you. You just give it a an inspiration. An outlet. Yeah, I mean, but you give it an inspiration that he inspired you, but it was all within you. You just found a blueprint that you could... Gravitate to, but it really right. is you. It's not Prince. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh no, 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 I, yeah. I'm, I'm not emulating Prince whatsoever. No, correct. correct, Yeah, yeah. Because I remember
1: when he started. I remember when he started. He performed at Studio One, and he opened for the, uh, for the Rolling Stones. Rolling so they booed him. Yep. They booed him. I remember when he came with, with his, with his, um uh, leg warmers. They looked like thigh high boots. I was wearing thigh high boots. Whether he saw my show or not, I don't know. But I started wearing thigh high spike boots mm-hmm. in 1981, 82. So I was already doing what he was doing with what he did. Yeah. Even though I used his music in the '70s, just as long as we're together to uh, to compete with. We I was. This is one of the things that I find very interesting because even my 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 client, who is very smart and a therapist, she wanted she's like you should go really should go see Keith Haring, you know blah 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 blah. I was like I know of Keith Haring. No, but you. I said no, but I know of Keith Haring. <laughs> what a lot of people don't understand is that I know a lot of art. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go see Keith Haring to re-inspire myself. <laughs> because that's what that's what she wanted me to do. I was like, Do you know that Keith Herring's one of Keith Haring's drawings was on Frankie Goes to Hollywood album, the first one? No. I said, Yeah, well, he was.
0: <laughs> Here, let me educate you about what you're trying
1: to educate me about. I've lived <laughs> but but it's not even that. But you know, it it sometimes and it's not their fault because my life is. They, they get perplexed because I, I I I walk in like this. They're like, "You've done what? <laughs> you were with who?" So they don't know, but I know the tone sometimes where they're trying to educate me. That is like, eh, eh. "Are you the, are you the one that told me the story about uh,
0: someone? One of your friends going to talk to some other people, and then they find like, oh, he was telling
1: the truth." Yeah, yeah, in, in Canada. She was yes. my student, and she's now head of the scholarship situation. And she had told her husband about the David Bowie and Peter Frampton and Duran Duran. And then uh, when when Vicky came to speak to Ashley from Canada, the one that I had talked to going to the event because I already had paid her for it, I don't want to go. I said, like, Ashley, they paid you. Go do your dancing. Yeah, I'll go dance. And so when she was dancing, Vicky came over. She's like, oh, my God, you know Victor Manuel? And she's like, yeah. She goes, how do you know him? She goes, he was my teacher at pray back in the 80s. <laughs> and then yada yada and yeah he was so cool when he went to Quebec because he called me and he we hung out with Peter Frampton and David Bowie and Duran Duran and his husband goes oh my god so that was true <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the reason why I brought that up is because you're as you were starting to say your life has been so extravagant is not the word I want is I'm not using it as a bad as a bad thing but your that's life has been so I mean, extravagant that people can't come
1: was yeah, that love? It's fantastical. Fantastical is a the word they use in Canada. Fantastical.
0: That people can't what? fathom it. So when they hear it, they, as you said, they try, they try. They get not, short-circuited. Yeah. But they also try and re-educate you or redirect your nerve. Like, oh no, you should probably do this. Or maybe it happened this way. You're like, no. And that's what I mean by like, I've lived. You really can't educate me on how I lived and the experience that I have. Because there's so many more layers and complexities to me. Than you're used to, so while I other mean, people I, might have a delusions of grandeur,
1: I actually live this shit. <laughs> well, and, and I'm not walking around with it mm-hmm. because that's not my life. And because I, I, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should get. I'm like I will when it comes time. And if I never write a book, that's not what I was supposed to do, people. This is one of the things that I. It's like I, and I understand. Like I'm, you know, I was supposed to go back to Vancouver for Mm -hmm. my birthday because it was an incredible event but then as i was asking for things for september i felt the energy from the girl that i was that i'm working with still kind of trying to not not give me what i wanted but trying to educate me about how i should be working with my computer because i said you need to send me these pictures another way because my computer right now blah 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 my phone needs to operate. just what you know every now and then you should have
2: great
1: and i went girl can we go back to the pictures and she and she just sort of rabbit holed herself into something else so then i was like you know what victor i think this is a situation where people want to please you because it was wonderful and they did get wow with the energy mm-hmm. you know how to turn off the energy and go from right brain to left brain victor you've done it all your life you flip and flip and back and forth and back and forth they said yes, but I bet you that if we continue on this path, they're not gonna be able to live up to the expectations of what you need to do to make this work. Mm-hmm. The only one that has been like that with me is Alisa. Alisa is she does it. We don't sway from the narrative. Yeah. If anything, if anything, she brings me back to the narrative. Right. You know, And so I ended up the following day saying, you know what, you guys, I just realized that I'm going through a lot of personal changes and I think I'm going to cancel September because I don't think it's fair to be asking you guys to do something of this magnitude again. I, I would understand that you guys don't have the resources and I don't want to put you guys in, in that path. I said, besides the fact that I am going to get be getting a little demanding and I don't think that's fair to you guys. <laughs> And they were so happy to hear that. So my hunch was right. That's honesty. It's truthfulness. I was right. Transparency. Yeah. And with that, I was. I was like, but you know what? I'm gonna have a reunion. What? I'm I'm gonna have a reunion Saturday for all of you guys. So that's how I think. Every three months, I'm gonna check on all my kids from around the world. Have a reunion. How are you guys doing? You know, because I I I owe it to them because I have put them in a place where they they don't know where to go.
0: And I'll I'll bring it I'll bring it back to the dance event that was in Gothenburg at the end of yeah. May, uh, punk and American classic, the dance festival that Alyssa created, and both being in class with you and talking with you, and then creating the piece, the conversations oh. that were had amongst all the participants, the relationships that were had, and then um, seeing every, how everybody came together and the depth. Once we got to the Saturday event, was it Saturday or Sunday? Whatever day it was. the day, Sunday, Sunday, the Sunday event. Yeah. When it was just the rawness, the, the timidness that people came in with, the timidness that people came in with, the intrepidation in that it was treading very lightly, people didn't know. By the end of the class, there was such a release, both between yours and Lorena's class. And then by the time we... Performed on Saturday, the opening number with myself, and then the actual competition. Or well, even
1: rehearsal with you. Yeah, two just hours.
0: Two hours. We created an entire three and a half minute piece, and not just created it; it came to life. It with
1: non-professional dancers.
0: <laughs> it was, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's just that emotionality, that depth of artistry that people didn't know that they had in them themselves. And only thing you and Lorena did were coaching. Everybody had it in them. Everybody had brought what they did. And then once the music, once we started going with the music and we're doing it again, it, the level up. So I don't even know what. But it's just that whole form of truthfulness of you as not the hero, but you as the teacher. You as the guide, you as the medium, there it is. You are a medium. And this is where all your astrology stuff comes into that. You being the medium and the vessel to—the medium for all of these artists to vessel their artistry through is just beautiful to see. And I can speak from experience as well that a lot of people— may not know this, but I have a huge complex with my voice. I'm an artist. I am a performer. You guys know me as a complete extrovert, but everybody has their one thing that they have. And my voice is that I've been working on it lately, blah, 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 blah. So uh we did we were staging one night only from Dream Girls. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I have fun with it. I with with the with the body language and stuff I can do. It was fine. Because like, ooh, okay, do this. Okay. Try this. I'm like, all right, great. And then when I started singing, he was just like, you don't worry about your highs or lows. You just do your thing. You'll be fine. And like, I almost lost it. I was like, wait, because to hear that from him, as you hear, he is a hundred percent raw. Sometimes things come out of his mouth. Like a couple of times he, it was a secret that I was going to actually sing live. He's just blurt stuff out, but I was okay. A little surprising. (laughs) But the rawness and the innate understanding of artistry that he understands actually helped bring me to another level that I didn't think was possible. And I can only, I can't even thank you enough for that. Oh. But it's again that truthfulness that you have, even even with saying, "Guys, I'm not in a place for myself right now. I don't feel." right, having demanding this of you if I can't give it to you myself, that is what gets all of us to level up, because then we have to go back to it ourselves and say, you know what? Am I ready to give my all as well? Am I in that place? Yeah. Can I? Am I actually giving what he needs me to give? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's, it's that beautiful, circuitous symbioticness. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, the way Lorena and I work together, we, I mean, we, we've we done so many of it. The first time we, we worked together, she would lose her mind because I would be so like, don't worry about it. Just do, but, but no, Lorena, you, yeah. Lorena, just, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about her is that I did send her the music and I did hear the music. And then at the end, we were deciding on which one to use. The longer I said, well, let's just, we'll, we'll find out what we, which one we use when we hear it, when they give it to you. And so what she does, which is really clever and she's learned to do with me is when she takes my class, she takes stuff that I do in class already Mm -hmm. or I play with and she puts it into situations. And then she'll ask me, what do you think? And then I'm like, hold on a second. That's when I said to you, come back in and then come back out. And Mm -hmm. she was like, whoa. I wasn't even thinking about that. I said, but this is what it needs. The wheels turn. So we work so well together and it always, not only does it mortify her and scares her, she loves it because she never knows what I'm going to do. <laughs> she never knows what idea I'm going to have. She's like, I don't even know, like maybe he'll come in with elephants and fire shooters and shit. And I just have to work with it. <laughs> you know what it is? And hopefully it 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 does speak truth. I trust my talent so much and my instinct that mm-hmm. I allow you guys to really trust yours. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because you have no choice. <laughs> that, it's
0: true. It was at that point. It was shit. I'm here. I got it. Not that I have to bring it, but I have to.
1: But you were going to, yeah. no, but going to bring it. But you are going to bring it. That's why you even said, don't even move so much. Like, why? Why do you have to do all of that? Yeah. Just, boop, 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 boom, and hit, yeah. Just you're the star. That's what's happening, unfortunately, with Madonna right now. Mm-hmm. Still trying to prove there's yeah. nothing to prove when you've already done it. You know, I mean, for me, all I do is fucking walk in heels if you really think about it. Right. But it's the way, the intention Mm -hmm. that comes, because that's why even Lofty is like, man, you come in and you just take command of just even walking. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the beauty of art, because you're supposed to make it so provocative Uh and, 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 and mysterious that, oh, my God, he did nothing perfect example is michael jackson fucking 15 minutes
0: what do you do Ah! or even or even in the beginning when he just takes the sung, he just stands there and then takes the sunglasses off for five damn minutes and then janet uh, also picked up on that when she started doing the velvet rope and she would do uh what song was that uh, I just wanna touch you, taste you with the the S and M uh, part. Uh-huh. She would just yeah. walk across stage slow and just look
1: and uh-huh. do nothing, and everybody loses. It's that less is well, that see, nothing. What, what, yeah, what's funny is that when I first, when I first, the first time I went, I had a super scholarship that Billy Gibbons was in charge of. Uh, they asked me what I wanted for bands. They said, what do you, because, you know, I already was performing with Grace Jones. They were all shocked when I did a show, and I, they were like, oh, my God, he can perform. It's like, well, yeah, I was just on the road, freestyling. <laughs> uh, you know, yes, everybody thought I was a classroom dancer. I got mm. so technical that they really thought I was a classroom man. So then they asked me when I when I auditioned, what do you want from Dance Victor? I said, I want to be so good that if I move, literally said this, in like 1980. I, li- I literally just—if I move one finger at the right moment with the right music, I want people to lose their shit. I said that. That's the intensity I want to do with my dance. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, and then there's a student of mine uh, a month ago, Baba Car, whose work could share in a lot of people. They made they, they he told his students, "Ask me any questions." And one of his students said to him, "What was the best advice you've ever gotten?" He goes, "Well, actually, it wasn't an advice. It was a question." And I asked my teacher at the time, Victor Manuel. Uh, he asked me, "What do I want from?" He asked me, "What do you want from my?" What I wanted from his class, and I said to him, "I want to be better than you." And he said to me, "Good answer." And he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> he said that about me that I said, "Good answer." Yeah. yeah. And I walked away. It's almost like well, the, the, one, the the clip that I sent you with uh, Eddie, Marti- Eddie Garcia and then talking.
0: About you kick pushing him into the damn wall in class.
1: <laughs> yeah. He still talks about it. I have stories like that with everybody. Because if I was in class, I was in class. And mm-hmm. you better be... If you're going to come next to me, you better... Like you. In that different way. Level up. Yeah. Or I will move you physically so I can go. <laughs> mm. And even though the joke was at the end where the phone rang and it's like, who's that? Oh, probably Victor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's 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 a nice respect that I have from a lot of dancers, but I also know there's there's a lot of fear that I mm. that they have that you know and um so I'm always I know the fear is based on things that they probably never asked me about that probably are not true or something that they were not comfortable with, but the love that I have is from just the rawness of you as you and I you know when we work together mm. that I'm there with you and I'd be like no just try this no just try that. Even when you ask me about your clothes, no, put, do that one. It's going to flow. <laughs> right. I've always have, and that's one of the things that I think is also very rare and has been very rare when people meet me and they're in shock that I have nothing but the best intentions for the situation, regardless of me, you know, and, and, and people don't do that anymore. I don't think. No. And again, keep,
0: if you've been listening to my episode for a while now, you know, the key word that comes up repeatedly
1: is Authenticity.
3: Uh-huh. If that there isn't is...
1: anything. Yeah. Because people jump on the people lose sight of their authenticity and their talent and their passion because they're they're looking for the next clickbait.
2: hmm
1: And it's and and, and, and and that's why David Norwood, who's another guy that I speak to, who was my student, who's a great jazz dancer now, he used to go through my records to see what I was playing. And when I he said that when I first get I watched his class when he first started teaching. And I uh, gave the best advice was about him being authentic. Not, not, he says, not warm up, not anything. He's just, just be authentic and you're doing fine. You're going to be fine. But, um, we spoke about that, that everybody's just clickbaiting for the next level up and, it, mm-hmm. and things get whitewashed so much that after a while, something's got to give because you lose track of who you are. Yep. You know, like right now, I just saw a video of Beyonce and I'm sure she, she was great. But I saw this thing with screams, two screams coming in front of her, and she was doing something with Vogue. A Vogue beat, and somebody was rapping behind her like a vulgar, was doing mm. a Vogue, Vogue rap. I don't know where this was. She was wearing gold. Now, everybody now has long hair, for whatever reason. It was like, okay, here we go with the hair. And she was flipping her hair back and forth, and I was like, oh, she's beat. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's offbeat. She was focused on everything else that, you're not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to leave. Okay. Yeah. No, I've said, I've, yeah, I've said, I've seen many people's like, Ooh, wait a minute. That, that, that's not, no, what's going on there. But that's what I didn't want you to be. Okay. So back to you. This is why, I, because I know that we get excited. No, no, but this is why I, you like that little turn back, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, I was like, where'd I come <laughs> back into this? <laughs> uh, because, because, I did I, I saw you trying to do your thing, and also I I know that you were trying to satisfy us, mm. but I didn't want you to forget that you're just there because they're behind you and you're mm. supposed to just shine. you know they're making you shine by just standing there and you singing if that's mm. the, and that's the simplicity of the beauty that is now being forgotten right with talent everybody wants a billion things going on behind them, when in reality the my best thing for a singer is from a movie that I live for that piece and it's Hair mm-hmm. have you seen the movie Hair? Mm-hmm. when she sing, sings why are people so heartless? yeah oh Man. She just sings the song, and it tears me up every single time because it's just so nothing, but it's everything. And then we have everybody else. Yeah. it's like what the hell was that? <laughs> but it's the raw emotion. That's why even the, the yeah, the sweet, uh, the Queen Charlotte, their their chemistry. Fuck me, man! It's they're so good. They're so good. Where they just look at each other or he looks at her and and, and, and it it is so what Queen Charlotte has done for me about my shell is has brought me back to not forget that. Mm-hmm. Don't make the shell don't yes, it's breaking. There's yes, there's light creeping out. But you could hurry the shattering if you want, Victor. Mm-hmm. That's what it's reminding me right now. Excuse me, as I blow my nose.
0: Nope, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bless you twice. Anyway, thank you. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm reminded of right now because I, I really feel whether it's going to happen or not. I feel something big brewing because mm. oh, I also had another dream of David Bowie coming into my dreams again and speaking to me, which has happened many times. <laughs> as creepy as it sounds.
0: No, but, I um, think David because you had such a. Tight relationship is also trying to speak to you to tell you,
1: welcome. It's back. okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And he was wearing a kimono out of all things, on top of jeans. Oh, I know. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all there. That's why I was like, I woke up, I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait. I mean, but okay, yeah. He's like, no, it's fine. You're you're fine. You're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And he's coming to my dreams before. And and because what I've been doing with, with people around me, with David Bowie, is trying to get something happening. But uh, people are just afraid of their own talent, I think. You know, they really are afraid to just delve into and and David said it many times in interviews, you have gotta go into the oceans to the depths where you where you can't even swim yourself, but you'll float. Because your talent is going to make you float. You know, nobody will follow you there. Because they're too afraid to go there. And that's what's happening around me. Mm -hmm. But not with these kids. You know, not tomorrow. With the kids tomorrow that are coming in. You know, um, they're coming out from Exposé, from Gothenburg, from Poland. From, you know, they're coming in. I have 30 kids tomorrow. All for a party. But I send them a song. And I send them... um, the song that I sent them so they could listen to was uh, Enigma. I went back to Enigma. Which one? This is not the beginning or the end. It's a return to yourself. It's Uh, a return to essence. I think that is a message to
0: yourself, my friend.
1: Well, yes! (laughs) But but yes, duh! (laughs) The the, the, the version of it is is the long live version.
0: (laughs) Come on now, the world can't. Ha- the every, world can't give you a bigger message than that.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I cannot heal unless I do this.
0: Yeah.
2: How
1: could I? But when I heard this song, I was like, because I wasn't going to give them a song. And when I heard this song, I was like, damn it. You know what? I'm going to send it to them, and I said, okay. to every single one of them, just in case we get to play. And they're like, because <laughs> they don't even know I'm going to make them dance. They just think it's going to be a party. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise. I'm ready to take them to the level they need to go to. Yeah. Return to Innocence. I mean, that's... And then the Martha Wash today. Did you hear Mm -hmm. that song, Martha Wash? Yes. I used to do that in my spinning class in 92. And I was like, oh my God, I love this song. I forgot about this. Don't give up, motherfucker. Just... What is that? There's what is the, there's a cartoon where a person is crying and running. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go. I don't, it keeps running forward. Like, will then stop? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but there's also a sense of sarcasm that I have about myself mm. and my cray cray that I have. You know, it's a cartoon situation where I'm like, "Well, you could easily just turn off the TV, but you won't, <laughs> right?" <laughs> you know, because we're not allowed. We're not allowed. When we have talent, I think when we've done so much work. And I'm saying we, company included, mm-hmm. we're not allowed. We're not allowed. We have no choice. No. We
0: can we can try and hide from it and turn away from it as much as we want to, but I think it was you that actually said <clears throat> it, that there's a... No, actually, Brian Friedman said it. When you have a path, when the universe has a path for you, no matter what oh, you do, it will bring you back to it. Oh, Yeah.
1: And I love him. I mean, he's he's got a little over the top, but I love I love Brian. I mean, yeah. I remember when when he w- there was a piece that I did for um, Kenny Ortega and the Tubes where I had boys doing backup with with platform boots and fur coats, mm-hmm. and he was so mad that I didn't pick him. And this <laughs> was like he was he was still like eighteen or nineteen or something. And He wanted to. I was like, Brian, I'm really sorry. I already already picked these three guys. <laughs> you know, he's he's him and uh, Wade Robinson have been always been amazing mm-hmm. you know these kids are very, they've always been respectful you know uh yeah. because of, of, of i guess well what i've done or whatever and uh but yeah he's he's changed a lot you know gone is a little boy with curly hair now it's shaved head and, <laughs> 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 you know but he's doing it he's doing you know when people get to that's why even if even if i see things from people that i don't like I can't say shit because they're doing it. And I'm not. <laughs> 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 I don't judge. Thing. The only time. Th- the only th- things I do say is like Beyonce being beat, That's different. Yeah. You know, I'm not a singer. Right. But I know that the but you know artistry. Is, hmm. Yeah, I know artistry. It's like oh, that's a little off. Uh but I, I, as far as choreographers and everything, I have nothing to say. You know, I, even with sometimes Madonna or anybody, that's I'm not doing it. I never did it. If, if that's what they want to do then let them do it. Will I watch it? No, you know, but no, the, uh, uh, I need a friend from hair. Oof. that song is just, if I ever sang, that's the kind of singing that I would do that. It would be so, but it's not going to happen. I mean, but never say never. Who knows? I was just about to I say, always, you don't know. Cause I always wanted to also play the, the guy from cabaret. What's his name? The, the from Yeah. I know I he's so camp, I know I could play it.
0: Uh no, that's actually but, if if I was to play a role in a musical, that would be it as well. Isn't he just fun? It is just I actually just finished doing the musical cabaret um oh, wow. as, as a Kit Kat as a Kit Kat Club uh dancer. And but I gave gender savage to everything. <laughs> No, right? you could not know. But if there was a if there was a character that I was made to play, it would be that character. Because be he's just MC. he's like
1: a, he's like manipulating fun Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Ugh, I mean, he's the kind of guy that you'd be like, okay, go ahead right there, Mike. right,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I don't want it, but I want everything. Just give it. What did you? Ooh, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, my friend. So what else? Um, My last name is Gamble. It's what I do. Uh, I bought a roulette table. Okay. That's filled with 16 shot glasses. Each shot glass is numbered and coordinates to a question. We spin the magic roulette wheel, and then it comes up with a question, and you answer.
1: Okay. Okay. Nice. I like it.
0: Thank you. Let's do it. It's nothing. It's nothing to, uh...
1: honey. Let's just do it. Don't explain. Go.
0: <laughs> Love it. All right. Round and, well, you don't need to explain to me. Go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Round and round and round it goes. We will a little stop. Nobody knows. Number twenty. No number. Th- wait. What number thirty-four? I thought it was twenty-four. Number thirty-four. Wow. What's the most annoying or worst fan or student request experience you've (laughs) had? This is a good one for you.
1: I don't. I don't think I've ever had any. Ooh. No, you you know, I'm trying to like think about it because, but it's never been annoying or worst experience for me. I I don't handle not even when
0: you were cosmetic.
1: No, because I, they, they, for whatever reason, they I could have a look that I'd give them that they're very respectful and they would never cross the line like that. Ooh, interesting. Does that make
0: sense? Yes, makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, do another one. one. Okay, let's do another one. Um, number 30. That's 30. Mm, that one doesn't apply to you. I'll do this one.
1: Um, <laughs> well, that's not fair. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. If
0: you want it, it's
1: a celebrity or let's project. Let's both st- do it. Let's both let's both do it. How's that? You do it first.
0: Well, no, you're the guest. So the, the question is celebrity or project you're still waiting to work with or accomplish.
1: That's <sighs> out there right now.
0: No, it doesn't have to be out there right now. It's just any person or project that you've.
1: Well, waited. she passed away when cool. i went to do tina tina Turner, yeah you know i mean we're talking the, the for me it's always been about i think maybe lady gaga mm-hmm. because she's a little out there that i like mm-hmm. i was very upset when she did the tribute to bowie because those people that did choreography knew i existed and knew i did oh, right. that tour but then they brought other people that I'm sure I don't know what the financial situation was for those kids that danced. Right. <laughs> but um but you know what I mean? Uh I think she would be fun to work with, Lady Gaga. Mm. Um would I do it solely by myself? No, I would probably bring someone else to complete the situation. I like I like I like partnering. I don't like doing solo work anymore. I've never really liked it. I like it when there's, there's a mesh of yin and yang, Mm -hmm. like Lorena and myself, like what we did. Yeah. You know, uh, it's more productive for me because that way it gives you a little more of an edge of creativity. Mm. Because you have to blend it with the other person. Right. You know, uh, yeah, I, I I think also for me it's it's, it's hard w- to answer that question because I mean I saw Grace Jones
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it would be fun to go I mean I, if I really wanted to I would have met her and gone to the front and then have her get shocked that I'm still alive yeah. but um uh, uh and and work with her but most of the time is sometimes I think. In case a student of mine who's doing some choreography that has an idea of like you know what who'd be great for this Victor, mm. and then would bring me in. That's always been fun for me because I've done. I also did a play once, uh, in 1992 that I forgot to mention about Open Doors called, mm-hmm. and uh, Cameron English was a, a student, a friend of mine, and the choreographers were all friends of mine, and uh, students of mine, and they since I did. Uh, <clears throat> bowie tour and some acting they asked me if i could uh take a part the, the play was about to be open in two weeks or a week i think it was and which usually happens with mm-hmm. me that's how i got to work with joa kim and stray dog heaven a week before i did the show mm-hmm. and so they asked me if i could read for the the part of the teaser and the original teaser was a comedian guy that was kind of androgynous kind of heavy set with cowboy boots and it was a whole different take on it and so I decided to do a take with a corset and the whole, th- those things that Walter Raleigh wears on his neck and spiked boots. Mm-hmm. And I had shaved my head. So I wanted a shaved head to look like a lizard and hoop earrings. But I did a reading and I was atrocious. <laughs> and they were like, I said, no, just d- please just give me one day. Just give me one day. And I I, I will get this, I promise. And I remember tape recording myself with a dialogue of questions and answers and 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 walking around at night in West Hollywood, talking to myself, listening to myself like a crazy man, learning the dialogue, like if they were lyrics from a song. So, needless to say, I did get the part. Yay! I got incredible reviews by uh, L.A. Times Louis Siegel has given me a couple of good reviews. Uh, he called me. The only thing that he liked about this play was the teaser. Who who was uh, over the top, under the bottom, sleaze, bleh, 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 androgynous, incredible part for me to play. Mm. I had people rolling on the floor on the floor with a, a joke about jelly donuts, and how girls are like jelly donuts. The way I said it was so malicious and perverted that people were just cracking up. The sadness and true about that play is that. Because of the play, Vince Patterson wanted me to read for the Lakasha Fall. Aha! Uh-huh. Birds of a Feather, the movie. Yeah. But I was dating a guy at the time, uh, and 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 he didn't want me playing those parts anymore. Oh. Ooh. So I remember, that's a dark oh, place. I remember. I remember going in. And I, I was I was at the, I was reading with the producers they wanted me for the maid and it Uh-oh. was all it was gonna be it was going be all about the shoes yeah like all the shoes that I had like in Mel Marco right And so I remember the last time I went in and I had a huge fight with him and he drove me to the audition in this place. I had a fur coat I had short pants and I had these great shoes and he just distraught me so bad. That I went in and I said, I'm really sorry to waste your time. I I don't think I can do this. And I walked, I walked out. They were shocked, because the part was literally mine. Wow. And I remember be, getting back in the car and 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 being sad and upset that I'd made that choice. Do I regret that choice? No, because was whatever whoever the guy was did an incredible job to begin with. Yeah. So that's when I that's when I came up with the analogy for my brain that whatever part I didn't get was not meant for me. There it is. Because yeah. it made, they made it for him about not being able to wear shoes. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I think it was Hank Azaria, if I'm not mistaken. Hank
1: Azaria, he was incredible. Yeah. And then when Patrick Swayze was auditioning for, uh, Julie Newmar movie. I was, he was doing Pilates with me. He told me I should audition for that. I said, no, I don't want to do that part anymore. Mm. You know, so it's, 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 it's hard for me to, with who I want to work with. Right. Because I don't know. Right now, I'm just trying to, I'm dealing with the fact that I don't know if you'll see it. And I've earned it. And that's all I see in pictures. This right here. What? Oh, the- <laughs> that's, all I fucking see in pictures. So I'm dealing with that right now. It, but, if you're um, wondering
0: what we're laughing at, he showed uh, the top of his head. I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I'm going bald. And the thing is that I was always known for great hair and all of this stuff. But my thing is also that I've earned that bald spot because it's been a stressful couple of years. <laughs> right. So, uh, but that's what we are Shedding
0: at. the layers. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. You've been shedding layers.
1: Oh, and, and the hair's part of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Because um, everybody you know what? says, oh
1: no, it looks fine. It looks fine. I'm like, no, it doesn't. That's all
0: I say. Yeah, it's not that bad. But we all see, I we know, all see but- our flaws more than anybody else sees them. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna say I there's a lot of opportunities coming up in my life right now. So I'm actually, if I die today, I'm completely content with the amount of work that I have done and I haven't done. But um Two years ago, I was presented with the possibility of choreographing a production of The Wiz here in Sweden on one of the largest stages, and it's been, uh, it wasn't canceled, it's been tabled for now because of other productions that we're working on. I think that's what I want to happen, is that I'm ready for that, especially with the uh, amount of conversation I've been having in Sweden with representation and diversification on stage, having...
1: It's needed, it's needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is what I am waiting for to happen, and they're act- they actually just released that the Broadway revival is happening next year. So I sent that to my director, and I was like, "So
1: I'm just saying." I know, but you see, this is the beautiful thing about 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 when you when you accept destiny, you you feel it brewing. You yeah. feel it brewing. Yeah. I mean, I could easily just not stretch and not warm up and not do anything and just be. But I'm still, the ego and the vanity is still taking care of my talent because I'll look at stuff and go back to the bald spot. I'm the first one to notice that because then if someone else brings it up, I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of it. So what? Because <laughs> you know how people can be. Right. So I'm the first, we are the first ones to call our own flaws. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on with my body. I know what's going. And so when we do that artistically, any po- there's possibilities for anything. Right. Yep. The world is you know? an open oyster. Exactly, you know,
0: so before we go, uh if people want to follow more and learn more about Mr. Victor Manuel, where can they find him Instagram
1: Instagram not mm-hmm. Facebook. I'm not really a fan of Facebook right now as much uh, because it' it's, it, it's it, there, there, there there's too many uh suggestions on what to do with uh, my life. Mm-hmm. Instagram has not gotten there yet. Mm. there's not as, 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 as blatant, you know, at least they get the situation with the algorithm, but I think Instagram is a little better because of that's where I've, I've kind of been for a while. Okay. You know, there's so much information there.
0: And that's at Victor Manuel, V I K T O R M A N O
1: E L. Yes. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see a picture of me looking like a woman, looking like a man, (laughs) gender savage. Gender savage. is not that a
0: great word? I love it. I'm I told I told you before you left I'm going to start uh, applying that uh in well, my life. You're not
1: the only one. A lot of guys from Europe are coming in applying that. I'm the I'm only, only one go that for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, of course you do. Of course you. Of course you do. But I think it's 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 fun because art is gender savage. Art is art, gender savage. Once again. Really art has no gen Art has no gender. Just like movement has no gender. We put on it. We put gender on it. Actually,
0: nothing really has gender on it. These scents that are male scents and female scents have—they're just scents. There are no male and female scents. I like I disagree.
1: You disagree with that? with that? I. I. Pers- I need- nothing can I I smell think- like a man, and nothing can smell like a woman.
0: <laughs> vanilla is vanilla. It's not male or female. Oh, scents. <laughs> I mean, I thought you meant personal scents. No, 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 no. Smells. Smells. <laughs> 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 yeah but okay. i think
1: you meant personal owners
0: no 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 no. <laughs> smells smells like i love i love that forest has become a male scent it's like or it's a tree but yeah whatever um
1: forest is a male scent who said that
0: no but you know like forest musk is a male scent and like florals
1: are female scents and like well is like Musk is a men's scent. Uh, right. You've never met some of the girls that I met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, I've used patchouli. Yeah. I use patchouli, and and, and, and and I don't know if you even caught a whiff of it, brute. No. You know, have you ever heard of I know
0: brute. brute my dad, but trust me, brute is ingrained in my nostrils. My dad used to I wear use, brute.
1: I use brute because it gets, takes me back to my childhood and my crushes that I used to have. My dad wore brute and
0: when I first started wearing deodorant, when I was like 13, I would have brute he and I was wore, like, I'm not wearing this.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, I wear brute and then um, every now and then, anything that is, that is like usavage that has like a lemony, I like lemony or musky smells. I don't like gray, none of those, some of those gray flannels are another stuff that they're too, they're too pungent on my nose because of my yeah. allergies. Right. Uh, my... My favorite that I've ever smelled on a man is Egoist. Ooh, haven't smelled Chanel. that
2: by Chanel. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's it's just like I I people if guys are wearing that they better run because I'm not <laughs> responsible. I'm not fucking responsible. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to one guy. I was like, oh my god, you're wearing Egoist, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, and you're straight. And he goes, yeah. I said, you better leave. <laughs> I'm <just gonna> leave. <laughs> okay. You better leave. <laughs> Bye. I was like,
0: yeah, go. <laughs> I'll have to go into Sephora and see if I can get a whiff of Ego East and see what the hubbub's all
1: about. It's. Just, I think it's just. It's. It's. It, it, I don't know what it is about it. It just makes. It, it reminds me of 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 Savage Caveman. Thank you so very much for being here.
0: Thank you so much for Great. giving your time and sharing your not vulnerability but open opening your shell to us oh, thank you
1: exactly thank yeah. you well you i i needed you basically yeah. let's just say that you came at the right time that i was like let's crack it open Let's do it. You know, now, if they want to see this podcast, where you have to let me know where.
0: Well, since- exactly. See, that's what happens next. So if you're not doing it already, make sure you follow at Gamble's Green Room on Instagram to stay up to date of all of our guests, as well as some behind-the-scenes footage of what they've been doing, as well as some behind-the-scenes footage from these uh, chats. And then you can go to gamblesgreenroom.com and to a link tree and follow on your favorite audio digital, digital streaming service. is Spotify, Google, Deezer, Amazon. All that good stuff. It's everywhere and everywhere. Or, yeah,
1: yeah, because people really want to there everybody's been waiting for me to have this talk with you, believe it or not. Really? Oh yeah, because everybody was concerned. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, I've been posting some dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's yeah. not it's not that it was dark, but I could I see, but I because I now know you, I could see that you were releasing vomiting yeah you're releasing energies you were putting it back out there to say this was there this was a part of me this was a part of my time i'm not hiding from it anymore it is what
1: it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah i could see yeah that. And, and, and you know because if we don't do it it's just toxic for our body and our brain right mm-hmm. you know it, it, it for me it's about mental once again mental health yep which would be a big thing tomorrow when i speak to these kids where are you where are you self-care you
0: know,
1: is Exactly, and art is the best vehicle, right. you know. All right, senores, say hi to Lisa.
0: We'll do, we'll do, we'll Up do. Thank Gothenburg. you very much.
1: Lots of love. Likewise, and, and let me know about this whiz thing. I'm excited for you.
0: Yeah, I'll keep you
1: posted. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks, B. Bye.